0: Our breakfast. Oh
1: yeah.
0: Alternative news, analysis, Clap and current hands. affairs. Monday to Friday, 7am to 8:30am. Early
2: double.
3: Good morning. You are listening to Wednesday Breakfast. We are the 17th of July.
4: That's right. And uh, we want to take a moment to acknowledge the. Traditional and the true owners of this land that we are broadcasting from. We are broadcasting from the Kulin Nations lands of the Wurundjeri and Bunurong peoples, and we acknowledge their elders, past and present, and those who are emerging.
3: We'd also like to acknowledge that um, the continued resilience of the First Nation peoples in the face of ongoing colonisation mm-hmm. and settlement, uh, and we want to just recognise that sovereignty was never ceded and a treaty was never signed. That's and with right. that. Go into our broadcast.
4: Totally. Uh, my name's Will.
3: And I'm Idwin.
4: And you're listening to Wednesday Breakfast, mm-hmm. uh, where we croak our way through the first hour and a half of your day.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> the ghouls of the morning. That's right. Yeah. Um,
4: how are you? Um,
3: I've been calling July, June for the last 17 days. True. So that's how I've got, been going. <laughs> yeah, same. Um, I, I don't know. There, there's this whole... I mean, there's a the whole poetic prerogative about, mm. you know, as you get older, time seems to speed up and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know about that. Right. Um, time time seems to just be all over the place mm. for me. Uh, sometimes it's extraordinarily fast. Like the other day, I found that mm. 10 o'clock went extraordinarily slowly. 11 o'clock was like four hours long. Look, s- and then 12 o'clock was like mm. 15 minutes.
4: I'm really sorry to say this, Eidwin, but you're still very young. <laughs> And so, True. <laughs> and so to talk about ageing, it's smart to be. And True. also, I'm still very young as well. So I don't know if there are the right people to talk on this issue. No, absolutely. No. I just I just know
3: that, like, you know, some people will be like, oh, this year went super fast. And I'm like... I, Did it? I, I'm like, I, I can't judge whether I was here for an mm. hour or five minutes. Like, mm. I'm just... I'm behind. Yeah. <laughs> Perception of time is a funny thing. Oh. Not to get too,
4: like, kind of BuzzFeed article, but, like... The whole what time stamp are you like time <laughs> time flies when you're bored mm. or time flies when you 're busy, and like i've heard logic on both ends of it, like if you're busy you 've got more sort of mental landmarks as to how much time has passed, if that makes any oh, sense. Fun. So, like, if you've done a lot of things, you can think back. And so that's how time feels like it expands. But then also, when you're mm. bored, time drags on. Time drags on,
3: yeah. yeah. I've got an interesting yeah. thing. Um, I was doing a reading for uni this year. This is a, I'll make it quick, because I could go on about it forever. Sure. <laughs> but um, it was talking about uh, the rhetoric of nation and rhetorics that we see within our community that make us believe huh. in certain constructs, right? Um, that aren't really there. But it was talking about um, from the move from kind of uh, religion in, you know, through the Renaissance and kind of, you know, a history, our theocracies, uh, the, the move into more scientific approaches and more rational approaches to um, our understandings. And it was talking about how time and this concept of the meanwhile introduced more of a brotherhood of uh, – or a brotherhood community rather than kind of a vertical vertical hierarchy. So instead oh. of our connect- instead of moving through our day with a connection to God and God only hmm. – Um, this concept of the meanwhile, that while you were plowing the fields, you know, someone else was possibly plowing his fields, (laughs) Uh. um, actually helped us kind of connect a bit more because we were Hmm. going through literally just the coincidence of us all going through time together. Right meant that we were more connected yeah, and more focused on, you know, what other people were doing. And
4: so that kind of marks an evolution in Western concepts of time. Absolutely, yeah. Um, which, interestingly enough, already existed in other cultures, but, like, it's, oh, it's yeah, worth it's talking you know. about. In yeah, no, it's just, mm. it's,
3: it's, it's really interesting. So it's kind of like... I don't know when we when we're talking about news mm-hmm. you know it's it's very much that idea that the only reason we talk about news at least within this western spectrum is cuz yeah. things are happening at the same time <laughs> right um yeah. it's it's questioning where our connections truly lie with we have a things. lot of things to talk
4: about during mm. like our whole show isn't alternative news but we do have like a, five different things that we want to bring up um so, we do we do yeah quickly before we get into that yep.
3: uh will how was your week
4: oh my week um so i continue to be sick Oh, but in a kind of lifestyle way. Um in <laughs> oh. that like, you know, I'm not I'm not feverish or anything. But like just as I go about my day, I'm just like <coughs> like okay, so I'm talking to someone <laughs> sort of thing. Um the slight crackiness. Yeah, 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 a little bit of that. Yeah, a little bit. Of that. <laughs> <laughs> um so but uh, apart from that, it's been fine. I've got a friend visiting from overseas. Lovely. Um uh and that's that's really exciting. So we're going to be hanging out on Sunday going to Ballarat. So Ballarat? Why, if, why um, Ballarat? Uh, Well, because it's a town that's near Melbourne and we've only got the day. Right. And so it would be good to, like, you know, show... Oh, I, I actually don't know. I was going to say, guy, show this person Ballarat. Ta-da. The thing is, I've never been to Ballarat myself. So I think discover Ballarat together mm. is what I mean to say.
3: You know what? Throw yourself in there. What could possibly go wrong? Uh
4: falling down to mine. People yes. make fun of Ballarat.
3: They, yes. Yeah. Yes. Look, you're going up that way. There's a few interesting towns. There's Ballarat, Bendigo, and Castlemaine. Ah. Castlemaine would be my favourite. Um, ah. little plug for Castlemaine there. Okay. I'm not sponsored.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> By big Castlemaine.
3: <laughs> By big Castlemaine. <laughs> um, but, I right. mean, why not explore bits of yeah. the country?
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> if anyone has any suggestions as to what one can do in Ballarat, you can text them through to 0488 809 855. That's 0488 809 855. Mm. We can receive your text messages during the show, read them out. Um,
3: Otherwise, Will's just going to be walking around yeah. Ballarat falling down mine mm. shafts.
4: Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Oh, um, so we're going to head into our alternative news. Mm -hmm. Before we do that, just reminding you that the time right now is 7.06. And thank you so much to Earth Matters, who produced a great show before us. Mm. Um, You're listening to Wednesday Breakfast. Don't go anywhere.
3: Right, right, we're going into an alternative news just after that fantastic song, which we definitely sing along to every week. Yes, that's right. <laughs> All right, starting off this week, um, we're touching on a story that started yesterday. So yesterday, um, Vietnamese asylum seeker, Huynh Tran, was put in detention um, about 20 months ago, and uh, she was at the time pregnant with her five, uh, sorry, pregnant, um, then having her child about five months later. The reason this is brought up is that yesterday, um, her child was rushed to hospital with the flu, and has since been receiving treatment. Um, A human rights lawyer and um, several different groups kind of surrounding refugee uh, activism have come out and said that the fact that the child had the flu and was hospitalised so late is appalling abuse of human rights. In fact, um, uh, the child has been sick for about a month now. This had about a fever. um, But a lot of the mothers calls when trans calls to kind of have the child child's even temperature checked have been ignored and refused by the community detention centre and it's only when it's got to this extreme kind of situation Um, and the kid's only 15 months old as well which means that you know flu is a very serious thing Um, so in kind of response to that um, Mums for Refugees which is uh, kind of again an organisation advocating for refugees and asylum seekers is throwing a snap action this morning at the hospital where the child is So that is, just to get you the details, that is currently going to be, this is going to be happening at 10 o'clock today at the Northern Hospital in Epping. So um, the refugees, sorry, Mums for Refugees will be showing up there in solidarity with the nurses at the hospital who have up until now basically been going, this child cannot go back to community detention, they're too sick, and also um, they're probably not going to be able to receive the appropriate support and care that they need in the community detention as has been evident by the fact that the kid had to be hospitalised in the first case. Um, again, just making the point that the mother had been calling for community detention centres to be doing things like checking the baby's temperature or giving her access to that and had been denied um, leading up to this. So by the time the child was hospitalised, it was kind of, it was, it was too late. It, it's, 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 it's been, like, more serious than it could have been. Mm. Yeah. All right, um, so that's kind of the first bit of news, and just leading into that, um, I'd like to bring up the fact that on Saturday there will be a um, kind of march uh, for, against offshore detention centres, so that will be kind of six years too long, close Manus and Nauru, that's calling for the closing of offshore detention centres, and that will be starting at 2 o'clock to 5 o'clock on Saturday um, in front of the State Library of Victoria, yeah. So if that's something you want to support, head down to that, yeah.
4: Uh so I thought I might just raise an article um that I read in uh in the Guardian so not necessarily alternative news Labour MPs urge party to show some guts on raising new start. Uh this is um in reference to a number of Labour MPs including now Mike Freelander, a Labour MP for the Western Sydney seat of Macarthur um saying that Labour needs to show leadership in raising the new start um rate. New start hasn't mm. been raised in real years. terms for 24 years, 24 yeah. 25 years. Yeah and so um Mike Freelander is proposing that it be lifted to $400 a week up from the current rate of 275 mm-hmm. a rate at which about 3 properties in Australia are affordable for renters according to um NGOs uh so this um is interesting that there's a rising tide of of labor MPs um urging a raise to new start um this comes after the um uh moves by uh, W.A. Senator Rachel Seward um, to do exactly that, um, W.A. Green Senator. Let's have a listen to um, what she had to say after the two major parties voted down her motion to increase New Start late last week.
1: Well, here we go.
5: The government trotting out, as I foresaw and mentioned in the chamber earlier today,
6: using the same old trite, it's only a transitional payment. 44% of people on Newstart are on there for longer than two years, 15% longer than five years.
1: That
5: is an old trope you keep using that is ridiculous. At least come up with new lines for why you're not going to increase Newstart, i.e. we just don't care. In fact, we don't care that so much that we're going to give $95 billion to the wealthy people in this country rather than increasing Newstart. And as for, as for the opposition, have some guts. Have some guts. Say we actually need to raise Newstart. Don't call it for review. Just support an increase in Newstart so people aren't living in poverty. Yeah.
4: And that was Rachel Seward, who um, was speaking in Senate after both major parties voted down the motion to increase Newstart and approved $158 billion um, tax refund to the wealthiest Australians. Um so that was a motion. Um Rachel Seward, Senator Seward is um introducing a bill to raise new start in the coming week. So um we'll uh keep an eye on that.
3: Absolutely. And if you're interested in that story, we will actually um, be kind of covering it later today. At 8.15, we've got Young on. Young are an organization that uh, fights specifically for youth economic justice. So New Start is right up there, Ellie. And um, they're going to be talking about their campaign, which is calling for a raise in New Start, which is almost more important now Mm. that it's been voted down yet again um so yeah tune in at 8:15 if you're interested
1: in that
4: yeah um I have one more uh item for alternative news um this is more about the framing of a, a framing of a story i suppose this is coming out of the australian for for today's paper um on the front page uh there's something about um super raids to pay for fat surgery and basically um that's in reference to people digging into their super fund to pay for um emergency um and necessary medical procedures, but that mm-hmm. that they um, highlight includes things like weight loss sur- surgery and IVF. Um, so it's not it's not necessarily about the weight loss surgery itself, but that's what they chose to frame the that weight article was. on, um, which is interesting. But what I really want to cast my eye on is the other half. Actually, it's a yeah, it's about a half of the um, the front page of this big old broadsheet. A picture of um, some Uh, let's call them Aussie diggers, Mm. Um, so some soldiers or... Actually, I don't know what what part of the Australian military they come from, but anyway, um, standing up on a beach, pointing and looking very authoritative, um, and then uh, the article headline is Battle of the Pacific Begins at Home, um, which is is very interesting because it sort of um, has a bit of a narrative. Basically, there are about a 1,000 combined troops from... Australia, the United States, and interestingly, Japan, mm. um, on, uh, on the beach in North Queensland doing some sort of exercise whilst they're watched by the, um, the, the Chinese military from, from way out mm. in the ocean. Um, and so this is a combined military exercise, um, to, uh, they say improve readiness mm. and cooperation between the different militaries. Um, and the article is framed, as you can tell, in sort of um, warmongering terms around um, a coming war with China, um, that, that's part of um, the article talks about how um, this is um, interesting that Japan is involved in the activity because they want to counter the shaking up of the status quo by China as a rising military power. Mm. Um, which I find really interesting. I think it's an article that's, um, if you're able to get your hands on a free copy of the Australian, as I was, then um, it might be worth giving it a flick through. I wouldn't recommend buying the paper, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's. I don't know. It's just really interesting seeing all of these soldiers on the front page, as if we're being prepared for something.
3: Yeah, and I just cast your mind back to the um, interview we had uh, the other week with Bevan from uh, IPAN, mm. and um, IPAN's come out with a very strong. That's the Independent and Peaceful Australia Network. Thank you, Will. I have come up with very strong condemnation of this military exercise, saying that it is warmongering, it is preparation, it's getting Australians almost uh, palatable towards conflict. And they're going, oh, it's symbolic, it's cooperation, it's mateship, it's proof of our longstanding legacy. Um, IPAN counters that America and Australia no longer have... Um, an associ- should no longer have an association. Mm. We do not have shared national interests. Mm. Um, conflict either with, <laughs> you know, conflict rising in the, mm. uh, China, China or, as they were referencing last week, in Iran, Iran yeah. has no place in Australia's national interest. Mm. Um, is actually counterintuitive to Australia's interest. Yeah. And so um, if you want some alternative coverage of that, IPAN's a great place to start maybe, yeah. with just kind of flipping it around saying, hey, wait, w- what is this alliance actually right providing to Australia
4: that's right those are the words of Bevan from IPAN the Independent and Peaceful Australia Network in contrast to that um, to quote the objective is to demonstrate to our partners or would-be partners and any would-be adversaries the strength of this alliance that was the US Colonel Matthew Matthew Sieber um, at this um, recently conducted military exercise
3: oh it frustrates me <laughs> Um, also, just finishing up with alternative news, just a quick few bits of what's happening this week. Um, this week, the Grattan Institute has come out with a, a review of Australia's private health system saying that it, if it continues the way it is, it's going to fall into, and I quote, a death spiral. Hmm. Um, they've come out highlighting kind of what we already knew, that the health system has become unfair, costly, and confusing, and stating that it's riddled with inconsistencies and perverse incentives. In fact, there's been shown in the recent few years a mass exodus of, like, younger people from private health insurance just because of the kind of the, 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 the different losses and the, the, people don't win out, basically, <laughs> in private health insurance, um, especially seeing as a lot of people going to private institutions can actually be turned away. Um, now, this is not saying that our public health system is peachy at all. I mean, it's not. Otherwise, we wouldn't have to have a private health system as well. But, um, yeah, hopefully that's taken that – hopefully that's heated by the government. Hopefully their own kind of, you know, advisory group might be listened to. Anyway, I'm just also reminding you that um, the APF sought the fingerprints – uh, that this week it came out that the APF sought the fingerprints of the two ABC journalists over stories about special forces conduct. These are the stories of the Afghani files, which you can find online, Um just proving that you know it's not just military. It's not just raids into journalists' offices. It's also fingerprints, something that's unprecedented in Australian history, and a clear attack on Australian journalist freedoms. So just that in the news, and if you want to also have some further corruption, the fact that Adani just yesterday or so uh, just demanded the names of CSIRO scientists at the moment, hmm. and so that's come out, and they've kind of yeah, Adani has demanded to know who these are, with what aims. They haven't been clear. Hmm. but they've called for those names.
4: Very interesting. Um, and so to wrap up alternative, what has been a very full alternative news this week, um, I just want to direct people to the 7am podcast. So the 7am podcast is produced by uh, the owners of the Saturday paper, um, Schwartz Media. Uh, so, of course, it does have a bit of a sort of centre-left um, perspective, but an interesting episode that I heard li- recently was the episode The Truth About Small Government, um, talking about the recent um uh, tax cuts that have been passed by the um the coalition government and the impacts that this will have going forward on um on Australia's uh social welfare systems and that sort of thing um Mike Seacombe, um a correspondent for the Saturday paper um co- went on that uh, podcast and um talked about how you know the the massive loss of revenue will eventually lead to a shrinking and declined Social safety, uh, social welfare system. So, if you want to listen to that, it's the 7 a.m. podcast. You can search that on your podcasting app, or by um, searching "7 a.m. podcast" in your um, browser. And uh, the episode is "The Truth About Small Government."
3: Absolutely, and just a final thought on that. Will. I reckon we can't no longer. Say, we can't. We, we can't say that that bill was just passed by the coal- or was passed by the coalition. I mean, when you have. Labor coming out in such strong support after months of saying, oh, we won't support it, and then watering down from that position to a a half-a-day debate and consensually, like, you know, complete pass-through of it. We need to call everyone out who voted for that. Um, And, yeah, I don't know. I I think we need to bring accountability and ownership to the people who are passing it and remind people that, like, yeah, our two major parties who are supposed to, um, on ideological bounds, oppose one another, both put that through. And it's extraordinarily disappointing, just like they have done with countless other pieces of legislative. And
4: Not I'm much sad, to, to be honest. Really sad about that. You're listening to Wednesday Breakfast. Stay tuned.
7: 3CR are selling kaffiyeh, Palestinian scarves, in support of the last factory that produces them in Hebron, Palestine.
6: We've never forgotten where we've come from.
2: For who we are. We keep our culture strong. Now it's time to come together.
6: Talk as equals.
8: And write our own future. This is our country. And this is our time. Treaty is time. Enroll
9: now for the First People's Assembly of Victoria election. Authorised by the Victorian Treaty Advancement Commission, Melbourne.
10: An urgent call out to our listeners and supporters. Drew and Steve from the CFMEU Victaz have been personally fined by the ABCC a total of almost $20,000 for going onto a site to check up on safety standards. The ABCC has also ruled that the CFMEU can't pay the fine for them. If Drew and Steve can't pay by July the 19th, they'll be in contempt of court and will face jail time. To donate, go to unfairfines.raisely.com. That's unfairfines.raisely.com. 3CR is Proudly Union Radio.
9: Victoria's roadside drug testing program is not about road safety. In last year's governmental inquiry into drug law reform, it was noted that Victoria's RDT program is falling behind on latest evidence regarding impairment. Currently, Victoria Police can charge people for detection of either cannabis, amphetamines or MDMA, but those detections do not correlate with impairment. Impaired drivers should be removed from the roads and that's why we're urging an inquiry into Victoria's RDT scheme to ensure that the resources that are currently employed to make our roads safer are being properly used to make our roads safer. Help us refocus road safety onto what makes roads safe. Sign the e petition parliament.vic.gov.au forward slash council forward slash petitions and look for the inquiry into drug driving reform petition 117.
6: A 3CR supporter.
0: Don't panic. There is a planet B. Come along to a sparkling night of progressive comedy at Green Left Weekly's annual comedy debate. Join Masters of Ceremonies Rod Quantock with Sean Bedlam, Duff, Fiona Scott Norman, Hellchild, Kirsty Mack and Tom Tanuki. Tickets are $50 solidarity, $30 regular, $22 low-waged and twelve concession. There'll be a bar and the opportunity to buy a delicious dinner. Friday the 26th of July, 6.30pm at the Brunswick Town Hall. Don't panic, there is a Planet B, a fundraiser for the radical newspaper Left Weekly. Bookings are essential. Phone 9639 8622 or go to trybooking.com forward slash BDHTX. Green Left Weekly is a three CR supporter. Australia is a crime
2: scene. Unfinished business, this crime. People don't understand that it was a military exercise. It was military in the First Fleet. It was Captain James Cook. It was Captain Arthur Phillips. Right through the history of Australia, it's a military exercise. Our people have suffered greatly because the white man is not prepared to act honourably and legally. It's still the case in this country today.
6: This
4: is 3CR. And you are listening to 3CR Community Radio. This is Wednesday Breakfast, uh, 855 AM or 3CR digital. Uh, next up, we're going to be hearing back from some of the Beyond the Bars coverage that um, 3CR has been doing for the last 20 or so years. Um, and so this is from N- NAIDOC Week in 2004. Lester um, was at uh, Port Phillip Prison and shares their thoughts about uh, the cycle of imprisonment and what this means for Indigenous people.
11: One of the things that a lot of guys miss when they get out of jail, they miss the support that you can get while you're in jail. You got all your all your sort of brothers together, and you mm. you sort of get a a sense of family that a lot of guys haven't got when they get out. Mm. And you, unfortunately, a lot of fellas are more comfortable when they get back into jail and get back into them mm. familiar surroundings. And what would you say to some young, you know, especially
8: the young young guys and girls who were in parkville and in mjjc sort of looking at oh i'm off to the big house in, in the what would you say
11: Les? i'd tell them a little bit about how it was for me when i was younger and i'd see you know uncles or, or blokes from from down home get out of jail and mm. you'd see them you know a few months or a couple of years before that with a normal sort of boned out body on the grog and that and then you see them a few months later or a couple of years later and they've got a they got a big build from doing weights, and you know, they got a bit of respect in the community from um, mm. because they've been in jail and they've survived it, and they're seen as some sort of a, a role model. And that's the way that I seen a lot of guys when they when they came out of jail and come back home. I have seen that they'd gone away and they look good. They get a bit more respect within the community from the from the from the people there. And what I'd say to the young blokes is, you when you come to jail, you you have you have failed. You've you've failed to do what you should have been doing and it's got nothing to do with uh, the white man's law. It's got to do with you've just done wrong by yourself and by your family in a lot of ways, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And if you come to jail and, and, and get out and think that because of the experience of coming to jail that you're all of a sudden a, a tough bloke, it doesn't work like that and there's a lot of there's a lot of pain and and there's there's a lot of spiritual agony mm. that people don't talk about, mm. and that's jail and on the surface of that is a bloke walking around with muscles that they got from doing weights so mm. I think the young guys and the young girls have to realize that. There are things that you can get done while you're in here, but you'd be much better off getting them done somewhere else. It's just no good to mm. be coming to prison and trying to work those things out in here. Mm.
8: Very poignant words, Les. I would prefer, I would prefer that one day that we we don't need to come in here and, and do what we're doing today. And... Uh, Knowledge, knowledge. Uh, what, what is knowledge, and, and how do you earn it, and how do you, how do you, gain it, and uh, and it is, it is, it is sad, and and when you were talking, um, I don't know how to explain it. Spirituality is is what I what I hear. It's hard. To say the fact That uh, The fact is that To gain knowledge In a, in a hell hole like this Is wrong In yeah. a sense
11: Yeah it is And it, it It comes down to all the things That you mm. Have spoken about before The mm. Racism in the institutions And all the way through But at the end of the day mm. I mean We just have to deal with the fact that We're in jail mm. And we've got to Sort some things out To make sure that we don't come back into jail again and mm. part of that is being able to get out there and have some sort of support mm. and I think it's important for people out there to just remember that I mean there's a lot of good men in here I mean they're just good people they're good kids they just they've gone down the wrong track they've started using drugs they've got swept up with their mates and this and that and they've done some things that have been pretty crook and you know, a lot of the actions that, that some of the fellows have done to get in jail haven't been, haven't been good and they're the first ones to admit that, but it's just not a real proper reflection on them as a man, you know what I mean? There's good men, good men in jail. And sometimes I think that people out there, they forget that there's really good blokes in here that are going through a rough trot and one day when they sort themselves out with the help of other people, They'll be able to function out there in the community, and and maybe use to some advantage the <coughs> the experience of of unfortunately having mm. to come to jail. I I was in here two weeks
8: ago, and, and there's a guy up the back there, um, Graham, who uh, mentioned in in his in in the song in the song that we recorded. All he wanted to do was be a mentor Mm. to his children. Mm. And that, that, that just rang home so true, man. It's, it's not about trying to impress bureaucrats. It's not about trying to impress, um, AFL footballers. He wasn't about trying to impress, you know, even me. What he wanted to do was impress his children and so that his children looked up to him, and said, "Daddy, you're doing the right thing," and, and I know you're doing the right thing. And his wife to say, "You know, Graham, you, you, you're finally coming to realise that you mean something not only to to us and the kids, but himself."
11: That that and just
8: that rang home so
11: true for me last, you know. And that's what it's all about. If you can, if you realise that, you're halfway there. Mm. But most blokes, when they get locked in at night And I only know this because I've spoken to so many fellows. Mm. That's what they're thinking about You know what I mean? Mm. All, the, all the rubbish of doing this and doing that and doing that At the end of the day, they get locked up and they think Gee whiz, man, I wish I had my, my boys here, you know what I mean? I wish mm. I had my my family here I wish I could hug my woman And I wish I was a mm. dead set better mm. father mm. a better, A better husband, a better boyfriend mm. Just a better... Mm. A better bloke mm. so that it 's not as if you you come into jail and you and you just everything gets baby out with the bathwater style. I mean people get locked up they 're in their cell at night, and they think about these things they think about they think about when they're in the quietness of their cell when they 're by themselves they 're thinking about ways that they can improve their life and make it better mm. and it 's very hard if you 're institutionalized and, and this has been your life for you know, all that amount of time to be able to turn the corners and, and, and put the things into into play to let you do that. And that's why it's important, I reckon, for the guys to have them days like NADOC and to have the visitors come in and to be able to talk to people outside that are running co-ops that are in ATSIC, that are out there, that are active members of the Aboriginal community because they're the people that we need to hook up with for support and they're mm. ultimately the types of people that we want to be when we're finished piss-farting around in yeah. here yeah. I'm trying
8: to comprehend as to why bureaucrats what do they see the final job of what a prison is supposed to do, is it, is it to punish or is it to rehabilitate Lester could you that's, uh, uh, in, question, in, in my thinking it's to Rehabilitate It's to try
11: and I don't know I, I they'd, they'd like the community They'd like They'd like people To think out there That we can come in here And we've got access To all these different things And programs And if it's, Then it's up to us If it's just up mm. to us Then if we go and do them We'll re, rehabilitate ourselves mm. And if we don't We'll get out there And we'll re-offend mm. But it's not the point of it You know what I mean We've got We've got Enormous problems With Post-release When we get out With no support And mm. You know you So so
8: in effect in effect what what you fellas are saying is is that time you do your time but it's when you get out is, is when it's hard, even harder. It was for me. Yeah. Is, is that true? That's true. Like get out there <coughs> that'd So been so it's not actually jail itself, it's when you walk out the, the gate and there's nothing, no support. Yep. That's yeah, incredible. Like straight away like as soon as you walk out of the gate. You've
11: to have your shoulder you just start laying. Like jail's easy, Coach. Mm-hmm. Jail's, jail's easy because you can just put up a front and put up a face and you can just get through it, you know what I mean? You've got your own private pain and that that I was talking about earlier, but you get institutionalised and it's, it's just... It's so easy. Each day rolls into a week, into a month, and you can just knock it over pretty easy. I mean, I've been in jail for 14, 15 years now. And that time just went... That just went. Mm-hmm. But when I got out there and I was out there for 10 months, that was at the, probably the hardest 10 months I've ever had in my life. And I had support. Mm-hmm. And I dead set feel for the guys that get out there and haven't got the same support as me. I mean, I'm back in 10 months. Mm. I, I can't imagine what it would be like to get out there and just have no one or, or to be umming and ahhing about whether or not they can go back to their community because... Yeah, they don't know if they're going to be accepted properly down there, or mm. you know what I mean. That, that's just well, horrendous. That's, a,
8: that's, that's an indictment on the community out there.
11: They're still judge of the community no. that. Incredible. It's amazing that that, that happens in, so the, in ha- our
8: community. I, I hope I hope the, the the big shots out there and and. Uh, they're actually listening in because it's, it's not what happens in, in here that, that really hurts you fellas. It, that what, it's what happens when, when you get back out there. That
11: well, of course, they spend $40,000 or whatever it is a year to keep us in here, and then when we get out, they give us a train ticket to wherever we've got to go. We mm. I mean, don't, don't add up. There's a lot of money spent on putting us in here and keeping us in here, but when mm. we get out, and then they'll $4. spend... Our, $4 $4 $4 to get home, <coughs> and then they'll incredible. start spending the 50s and 60s again when we reoffend. Mm. That's just ridiculous.
4: And that was Lester speaking at uh, Beyond the Bar uh, as part of our Beyond the Bars um, broadcast. That was from back in uh, 2004. Beyond the Bars has been ra- running for decades now. And um, let's listen back to Beyond the Bars edition 13 um, from 2016 uh where we'll hear a song uh we thank you um and it's a beautiful song it's um each verse was recorded at a different prison um so you'll hear from folks from margaret correctional center fulham correctional center port phillip prison Bowen prison and i think dame phyllis frost center as well so listen in and uh let's enjoy the song
1: I'm
8: only on, black, black and proud Oh, we should record that Too black, too strong Welcome. Days, sitting in the penitentiary, and how will the day meet? The time kind of fleet. Another day getting it's locked, dying to myself land. from the world. I'm oh, black, yeah. reminiscing about yeah.
4: the fan. I
8: feel better with culture, having a little jam.
1: Yes. <laughs>
2: It Come on now, let me on. <laughs> Much love.
0: It will be worth the effort to get to Darwin from the second to the fourth of August for the Independent and Peaceful Australia Network's National Conference. Australia at the crossroads, time for an independent foreign policy. Held under the ominous shadow of US-China contention and US-Australia military exercises for war on China, discussion and speakers will address the social and economic cost of militarism to Australia, the impact of militarism on the environment and the dangers posed to our peace and security by stationing US troops in Darwin. For more details, head to the Independent and Peaceful Australia Network's
6: website at ipan.org.au. IPAN is a 3CR supporter. Hey you, you who are listening, we haven't reached our target yet, but you can help us out. Log into our website, 3cr.org.au, or call us on 94198377 and give us some support. Help us keep running this radio for another year. We need you. It's not too late to donate, it's not too late to donate, it's not too late to donate to 3CR Radiothon, 94198377 or check our website 3cr.org.au.
4: And it is not too late to donate If you want to make a donation pledge, you can send a text message to zero four eight 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 zero nine eight five five that's zero four eight 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 zero nine eight five five Make sure you include uh, the name of the show that you want to donate to how much you want to donate and your name as well, and we'll get back to you. Um,
3: yeah. Uh, absolutely. Alternatively, you can call the station at nine four one nine eight three double seven. And you know what? That's mm-hmm. a fun way of doing it. You hey. get to talk to a funky receptionist. She takes down <laughs> your, she or he or you know they take down your details. Yeah. And it just yeah, it's a lovely way of community engagement.
4: Nine four one nine eight three seven seven.
3: Check out funky reception. You're listening to
4: Wednesday Breakfast on 3CR Community Radio. I'm going to start an interview coming up i 'm um, really excited for this. The art of incarceration is an upcoming documentary um, following the artistic lives of three men um, three first nations indigenous men um, incarcerated in in prisons in victoria um, who are part of the torch program so the torch is a um, is an organization that encourages um, art and um, the continuing of of Aboriginal cultures um, in prisons through the use of art and they also support artists, Indigenous artists, once they leave prisons. And we're going to be speaking to the Director of the Art of um, Incarceration, Alex Siddons, um, who we have on the line right now. Hey, Alex.
12: How's it going, guys? Thank you very much for having me.
4: Thanks for joining us. Um, So, first of all, congratulations on um, completing the Art of Incarceration, the documentary. Um, I know that can be quite a quite a feat. It, you, you left um, your previous job in 2016 to start on in- The Art of Incarceration, is that right?
12: Yeah, absolutely, and thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, it's been a crazy journey, but yeah, I worked at uh, Pilgrim Media as a head producer and um, produced a lot of short documentaries, um, most notably on the Gatwick Hotel in, uh, of course, Fitzroy Street, uh, titled The Saints of St Kilda and a few other sort of shorter documentary pieces exploring different sort of uh characters I would meet. And yeah, I left there and begun the um journey of telling the story of the torch program um, from the perspective of the inmates inside our uh, Fulham correctional in our uh, Gippsland. So yeah, it's been an enduring process, but after about four years, we've completed the film. And, yeah, as you mentioned, it's uh, premiering at the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival on closing nights. So we're very honoured about that.
4: Yeah, how exciting. Um, so can you give us an idea of um, what the documentary is about? We already know that it follows the artistic lives of three artists. Can you remind us who they are and what, what their stories are? So maybe start with um, with Rob?
12: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Robbie Amanda, who is one of my best friends, um, I met him months after his release from prison, and um, we connected straight away and I was instantly drawn to his three sons, Jackson, Dixon and Grayson, were Amanda and um, Robbie went on to invite me to an exhibition at the Melbourne Museum, which was a torch, torch exhibition. So that's how I first became aware of the program. Um, and around a similar time, I was gifted a painting by Leroy McLaughlin titled Dreamtime Spirits that was painted inside Fulham. So... I was aware of this incredible Indigenous art happening within the jail system. And, um, yeah, so through meeting Robbie and that painting, I then got in contact with the jail and showed them some of my previous works. And um, I was granted the opportunity to enter Fulham and speak to the artists in there. And, again, I showed them my previous films I made and um, discussed the prospect of a film project, exploring, obviously, their artistic pursuits, but more importantly, their stories and the factors that led to their incarceration. So, I met our uh, Christopher Austin inside there, who is also one of the lead subjects, and also Troy Braven. and um, we you know formed very strong connections, and uh, we worked together as a team on both sides of the camera to tell the story. So, production begun in Fulham, and then we followed the journey back out into society beyond the walls of the prison, which is I suppose where the journey truly started
4: mm. and it's a it's really is a beautiful documentary I've given it a couple of watches and it's very like um, I'm, I'm just really struck by the by the access you have which which seems to be fairly important to a documentarian the access that you got for the Saints of St Saint Kilda um, uh, which was fairly unprecedented and then again for this the art of incarceration can can you tell us a bit about how um, important it was to form an relationships with the subjects before you were able to to, to complete this documentary.
12: Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, that's great feedback, and thanks for watching the, uh, the you know the, my previous work. Um, yeah, well the the access we had is uh, unprecedented, and I don't think it will happen again. Um, Christopher Austin, as I mentioned, one of the lead characters, has been in the system you know for nearly forty years, and he's never seen access like what we had so um essentially it really came down to the respect and relationships that we gained with the artists um you know it's obviously very intimidating walking through a prison facility however as soon as we got to that yurung unit the indigenous unit where the film is partially and predominantly based we were welcomed into that space and just shown a tremendous amount of respect and love Um, so that really was what enabled us to get so deep within the unit. Um, we shot interviews outside. We shot them in cells. We shot them in the art room. Um, and we only had sort of once, you know, we had great, you know, support from Fulham, but we were very much sort of under the wing of the artists and they're all looking out for us. So yeah, the access is hugely important. And I suppose it really symbolizes the relationship and the, uh, yeah, the special feeling amongst the amongst the art group to have their story
1: shared.
4: Mm. And a point was made by I'm not 100%. I think it maybe was by by Troy talking about how the prison environment is almost calibrated to um, crush culture and to keep Indigenous people from expressing themselves. But um, the the staff you say at Fulham. Were supportive of the torch. Um, did you did you sort of see any tension in in the way that the 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 torch was able to carry out their work in the prison or um, otherwise?
12: Yeah, uh, I I was actually really impressed with the staff specifically Fulham. Um, they had a lot of pride in in the artists in the art group, and they had a really strong relationship with Chris Christopher Austin, who was sort of a leader of the art group. So I was very impressed and um, two members of Fulham will actually be at the premiere and uh, Chris and both Robbie are pleased that they're coming. So obviously the the epidemic of Indigenous incarceration is deeply horrific um, and there is nothing good about it. However, I will say to Fulham's credit, they were very supportive and very proud of the artists and they really did what they could to support me going in there and telling the story. And um they also attended the Torch Confined Exhibition with a lot of pride. So whilst the um as Troy states, you know, the repressive nature of the jail system completely suppresses culture and identity through the support of the Torch uh via Fulham, you know, that was one minor minor
4: redeeming factor all. Yeah. You know. Oh, thank you for that. Now, um, I just want to talk about the the screenings. So I, I know that one of the screenings is already sold out, which is fantastic. That's the the screening that's going to be happening on the 28th of July. There's yep. still another screening on the 31st. Are there still tickets available?
12: Yeah, there's still tickets. So, awesome. Yeah, the um yeah the premiere sold out six weeks before the actual screening, so that caught us all a bit off guard. Um, especially some of the artists in the film who are still grappling with the idea that people, you know, are care and are interested in their story. Um, and, yeah, there is still still quite a few tickets, probably uh, 50 or so, to the Encore screening, which is uh, Wednesday the 31st at Cinemanova. And um, we're currently in the process of trying to get a few more screenings and um, really give this film the audience that it deserves.
4: Fantastic. So, like you said, that was Wednesday the 31st of July at Cinemanova. In Carlton, Uh, if you want to grab tickets, I can imagine, you can head to the Cinema Nova website or search for the Melbourne Documentary Festival. Um, Alex, thank you so much for coming on 3CR Community Radio.
12: No worries, and you guys do amazing work, so much love and respect.
4: Thanks for that. I've been speaking to Alex Siddons, who is the uh, director and producer of The Art of Incarceration. Uh, The Art of Incarceration, like I said, will be screening on the 31st of July. uh, If you want to grab your tickets consider that otherwise we'll be right back after the break we're going to be heading straight into another interview you're listening to wednesday breakfast on 3cr community radio
6: wondering how you pay your donation to the 3cr radiothon or simply post your cheque or money order to PO Box 1277 Collingwood 3066 and be sure to tell us which program you'd like your donation to go to.
8: know volunteering contributes to a happier life?
4: Want to know what you can do to make a difference in your local community of Whittlesea? Whittlesea Community Connections hold a volunteer information session every month. It is a friendly session where you get to meet others and be linked to not-for-profit organisations. Contact Michelle from Whittlesea Community Connections on 94016630 or visit our website www.whittleseacc.org.au to find out more. A 3 supporter.
1: Indigenous people in Australia and the Pacific have borne the brunt of nuclear testing. And this was not done unconsciously. We found documents in the British archives saying that, yes, there is a certain hazards, but only to primitive peoples those that don't wear clothes and don't wash, unlike us British. So the sort of racism inherent in this whole operation was known and understood from the beginning that these were the casualties of a larger imperial policy and that they were able to bear the brunt because there were very small populations and didn't have much political voice. And as we fast forward to today, we see that same thing.
5: 3CR, keeping you informed about Australia's nuclear past and present.
13: At such a time, it's important to have a voice like 3CR.
9: Steady, constant, sane and committed to a nuclear-free Australia. QR Code is an LGBTIQA plus health podcast made by queers. Across eight episodes,
0: hear us engaging with our communities, discussing diverse and intersecting topics on In Your Face on the last Friday of every month or download from 3cr.org.au forward slash QR code
2: and follow us on Facebook at QR Code 3CR funded by the city of Yarra.
11: We appreciate like you mob and all the people coming and visit us and doing stuff like this, you know, it's very good. It keeps a positive mindset in our
1: mind, you know, and we really appreciate it. Because of her we can, yeah, I want to be a better, better man, yeah, because of we can. Beyond the Bars
6: is 3CR's annual prison project, be better, better giving voice to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander being. inmates across Victoria. You can listen to audio from this year yeah. and previous years online anytime. Oh,
11: oh, oh. How do you rehabilitate someone? They just put you in a cell and tell you this is how long you're gonna do and it's meant to rehabilitate you, you know. Rehabilitation starts when you get out. That's when your life begins again, doesn't it? In here, your life's on hold.
6: Just go to 3cr.org.au forward slash beyond the bars. Or if you'd like us to post you a free CD, contact the station on 03 9419 8377. When I first
1: come to this
14: day, was about 10 years ago, and, and I
5: was a young one. I wait for young ones come off the truck there the other day, and... They call me Annie so it helped me recognize and realize it might like, pull himself up like yeah,
6: they're starting to look up to me so i 've got to represent and do the right thing now just go to 3cr.orgau forward slash beyond the bars
1: you <laughs> know way back
7: Go to 3CR.org.au slash shop to buy online or drop into the station during business hours.
3: And you're listening to 3CR. Now for our next interview, we have Sue and Karina in studio today from Friends of King Lake, um, a community group that are protesting plans for logging proposed up in the Mount Robinson State Forest with their efforts holding off logging for two days last week. Um, Sue, Karina, good morning. Um, Can you tell us how this started?
5: Well, um, if I can go right back to the start, oh please do. I, I, <laughs> thank you. Um,
3: yes, yeah,
5: um, I'm a horse rider, mm-hmm. and um, I've, I've often I live near um, the forest in King Lake and I often go up and just ride in the forest. It's a beautiful place to ride, and um, and then I've been involved in the, the the forest campaign to to discourage native forest logging in Victoria for a long time and just glancing on the timber release plan and realized that the place that I go to most is a logging coop so um, that just ripped my heart out and I couldn't even bear the thought of it probably put it in the back of my head for a, a while um, and thought that hoped that it wouldn't happen that mm-hmm. this beautiful forest wouldn't disappear on me one time when I came up to ride and um, and then we saw that there was logging Further up the road, so we realised that it was really happening and they were really going to log King Lake. Mm. And, uh, staggering as it is, um, uh, we, yeah, we, last year, about August, we saw that 80 hectares had been logged and trucked down the road.
3: Absolutely. And from there, as a, you you kind of formed this community group, um, and it sounds like there's been a lot of support for the community group and kind of, worked incrementally with your advocacy, leading from kind of like uh, six months ago, kind of petitioning the government to cancel these plans to now actually being on the ground kind of thing. Could you kind of tell us how that's kind of evolved?
13: Yeah, we, um, we started holding some spotlighting nights mm-hmm. and found that they were incredibly popular. People love coming into this forest mm. to see these, particularly these greater gliders, which are a, um, you know, one metre long animal that just sits in the trees. Mm. They don't go very far. They don't, you know, they just eat gum leaves. They're a little bit like a koala with a great big tail that glides. That's right. And they've got massive, big, fluffy ears. Big, fluffy ears, (laughs) big eyes. And you walk along in the forest and, and, you know, Sue got me into this. It's all her fault. (laughs) I've fallen in love with them now. Um, You walk along the forest and you're spotlighting. So you're shining a, a fairly... You know, decent beam onto them, and um, you see these two eyes just staring at you, <laughs> just looking down at you, with a great big, great big long tail that just hangs down below the the branch that they're sitting on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's just a special thing to know that these creatures are there. Without they don't depend on you. Mm. They don't care about you. They're just there. They're just doing it, doing their thing. And I think probably. What's most um, distressing is that they breed. Their breeding season is from March until June. Mm-hmm. So any of these greater gliders that are in this coop that's presently being on probably had young, you know, or, or were probably pregnant. mm um, yeah, which is just incredibly sad. Yeah, definitely, and the greater gliders
3: are already kind of on the path to, pathway to extinction. They've been declared kind of um, endangered by the state government, and yet you're still we're still seeing this kind of move towards them. Listed as
13: vulnerable, and absolutely. their population is decreasing at the rate of about eight percent per year.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's it was saying shocking. following an eighty percent population crash in the last twenty years. Yes. Um, so that's obviously uh, there's quite a big population in this forest, from my understanding.
5: This is a surprisingly high-density greater glider um, uh, area. Mm -hmm. Um, If if we had this density of greater gliders and we were in East Gippsland, Mm. we'd get a 100-hectare special protection zone around them. Uh, Because of historic reasons, um, greater gliders have protection in East Gippsland, but they have no protection here in the central highlands. And so if a high-density... Of greater gliders is seen in the central highlands logging continues there is not there there is no even the tree that the greater glider is seen in and mm. recorded in can be logged there is no restriction
3: and if you found kind of leading up these spotlights and um kind of your recent protests that people really do connect to the forest through this kind of animal mm. like that that's one of the biggest things you can go hey this is why this is so special is that, is that kind of what you've been doing with your advocacy? That's right, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I was kind of wondering, uh, with the process of uh, Vic Forrest approving to log here, and so, uh, being approved, I should say, was there any kind of community consultation? Uh, was there any sort of in- attempt to engage with the community at the time?
5: There's no, there was no community meeting mm. at all. They're obligated to advise neighbours that live within 500 metres of the coop. Mm. So when they first started logging in um, August last year, yeah. of course they were further into the forest, so they they were obligated to notify no one. Yeah, and
3: they did so. And that's maybe a loophole they've managed to get through. Yes. Mm. So
5: so now they've just notified the the local neighbours and. Um, and the community in general, actually, we've found that most people don't know about it and they're shocked. Even people in King Lake are shocked oh, wow. to hear that their beautiful forest, their recreation area has been removed. So people are so out of the know. Um,
3: they also, I, I believe, failed to provide like a harvest map or any sort of kind of consultation, like kind of this is what we're planning to do. Um, mm. what was, what's the kind of significance of that with, with not providing that? Well... The, the
5: significance is, well, essentially, we don't believe that they should be logging at all Absolutely, in yep. um, in this high conservation value mm. forest. But because of the pressure over the last few years and because of the, the status of the greater glider, they have developed new harvesting methods. And so they're slightly less terrible than mm. what they have been doing in the past. And we've been at least saying, well, if you're having to log, please provide us with the harvest map and right, description of what you're doing in there. And they have continued to refuse to do so. They've provided a map that shows where the Greater Gliders were sighted, mm. And mind you, it was where the community sighted them and uh, recorded them and got that verified with Department of Environment. So Forest have not done a Greater Glider survey. Um, so that's the only thing they've provided us with is basically... Um, a, 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 an outline of the area and the points of where we found the Greater
3: Gliders. Absolutely. And uh, from my understanding, your community group's actually been in the forest kind of uh, trying to stop logging and trying to kind of uh, actively protest against them. Um, what, what's going on now? What kind of resources do you need now? What sort of manpower do you need now? Lots.
5: Well, <laughs> we need... we need um, when When protesters... Walk into the coop, mm. uh, logging does, has to stop for mm. safety reasons. Uh, the protester is, is committing an offence, and, um, and it's, really, cu- it's a, really unfortunate that the community has, that we and several other people have been in, in, in discussion. We've been telling the Department of Environment that this area should not be logged mm. for, because of its values. We've been telling Vic Forest it should not be logged. We've been doing that since since December last year. And we've just been ignored. Vic Frost simply sent us back a one-liner saying, it's on the timber release plan, so we're going to log it. Mm. So with a lot of letters and emails and discussions with politicians and with Department of Environment, they're still going ahead and logging it. Mm. And so it's got to the point where community has to walk in and has to stop it. Uh, But along with that goes a lot of support out the front. So we need people... Like community members and members who care about our forest mm. to, to um, hold banners out the front and, um, and just be in support
3: Absolutely, and we were discussing the fact that um, uh, we, we hear these stories, and I mean, it, it's surprising that people in their own community hadn't heard that this, this forest was up for locking, but we hear these stories and we kind of give it a disconnect you know, oh that's not, you know, I'm not next to a forest or that's not my forest or anything like that until it happens in their own backyard and uh, you, Karina, you pointed out the fact that it's like it's 60 kilometres from Melbourne. It's so close. It's this beautiful asset that's just all of us are really connected to.
13: I think it's about the closest logging to Melbourne that yeah. there has been so far. Mm. Um, apart from the Mount oh, state, state Forest, mm. which has mm. been pretty well smashed over the past few years. Mm. Um, we've, I guess we've managed to save some areas of forest uh, due to the presence of Leadbeater's possums. But there's this this thing called the precautionary principle Mm. in the Timber Code of Practice, which says... Can I read it out? Uh, Absolutely. The precautionary principle must be applied to the conservation of biodiversity values. The application of the precautionary principle will be consistent with relevant monitoring and research that has improved the understanding of the effects of forest management on forest ecology and conservation values. Now, that means if you think there's a problem or there might be a problem, don't go there. Yeah, they're going there. They've gone there. So you know, it's it's. At this point, we're calling <laughs> anyone.
3: So yes. so, if anyone listening right now is interested in kind of coming out and supporting, um, I do believe you're having a rally next Monday. Could you kind of tell us a little bit about that if people are able to get out to it?
5: Yes, so that will be at two uh, thirty. It'll mm. be at the corner of Exton's Road and King Lake Road, and uh, we'll just be be there to um, to tell. The, the government uh, that we don't want logging in our in our forest in our recreation space. Um, we're there to also to tell the community uh, mm. that logging is happening in our area, and um, and yeah, really appreciate people coming in and, and um, absolutely joining and, us.
3: And you've had quite a bit of support thus far. I mean, um, you were mentioning we can also follow the story if you are interested in following the story on our King Lake Friends of the Forests Facebook page um, you've actually had quite a bit of support
13: have amazing you? i think we've got about 1000 followers we've only been going for i set the page up a couple maybe 3 weeks ago hmm. maybe yeah it's mm-hmm. like I, I was quite i just kept looking and going oh, wow. more. so it mm-hmm. sounds like okay, people, and people yeah. are commenting mm-hmm. people people and the, the messages of support are actually incredibly
3: overwhelming Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming in and telling us about this, what sounds like an incredibly special part of land um, that we haven't heard about. Of course, the mainstream's is not covering it. Um, and hopefully, if listeners are interested, um, you'll have a few people come up next <laughs> next you. Monday. Um, I wish you luck in kind Thanks. of all your advocacy. I
13: Thanks. think the important thing is that this forest is recovering from the 2000 from the Black Saturday mm. fires, and it's being blocked.
3: Yeah, it's a bit mm. it's tragic. Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks, Adi.
13: Thank
1: you.
4: You're listening to Wednesday Breakfast. Stay tuned.
6: Hi, this is Katie from Little Birdie and you're listening to 3CR 855 AM. We need your help to support public radio and your local music scene. We know you love our 3CR Radical Radio t-shirts and so do we.
7: They're 100% cotton and Australian made and you can get one for just
6: $30. They come in black, dark grey and a cool light grey. To nab one of these beauties, drop into the station at 21 Smith Street or order by phoning 9419 8377 or you can visit us online at 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Come on, you know you want one. or simply post your cheque or money order to P.O. Box 1277 Collingwood 3066 and be sure to tell us which program you'd like your donation to go to.
2: Most LGBTIQ people experience positive, intimate, and family relationships. However, like cisgendered heterosexual people, some
4: LGBTIQ people experience abuse and violence in their relationships. With Respect is a new family violence service for LGBTIQ plus Victorians, providing counselling and recovery programs for victims and survivors of family violence and help for people using violence who want to stop. With Respect is a partnership between
2: Queer. Space, Thorn Harbour Health, Switchboard Victoria and Transgender Victoria. For more information, visit withrespect.org.au or call
4: 1-800-542-847. With Respect is not a crisis service. If you need immediate help, call 000. A
0: 3CR supporter.
4: You're listening to 3CR Wednesday Breakfast.
2: I was born on the 14th of October 1994. And that year, 24 years ago, uh, was the last time that the payment currently called star uh, was actually increased. In that same time, I can't even imagine how much the rates of pay for those of us in this place have gone up. In that time, the cost of living has soared. The cost of power has soared. The cost of simply existing, has shot through the roof. And vulnerable people across this nation have cried out and looked to this place to do something about it. To help people who need it. And for 24 years, this place has done nothing. It has left the most vulnerable people in this country below the poverty line to the point at which that community is screaming for assistance. And yet this government's first order of business has been to tip one hundred and forty eight hundred and fifty eight billion. billion worth the taxpayer money to some of the richest people in our society.
3: And those were the words of Green Senator uh, Jordan Steele John from two weeks ago in a speech he made critiquing tax cuts that have been passed through Parliament. Now, he's a lot more to say, and you can find his full video on Facebook. That was the words of Green Senator Jordan Steele John. Um, However, he brings up uh, this unpopular, forgotten election promise, New Start, uh, the conversation around Newstart and raising the welfare payment for youth was echoed earlier this year as a Labor election promise. Um, now, however, it's, recently it's just been voted down. And to kind of tell us a little bit more about that and the consequences of that, we've got Kat from Young Campaigns, uh, an organisation around youth economic justice on the line, to discuss what the effect of our current new system is and what it means to see it voted down yet again. Good morning, Kat. Good morning. Good morning. So we've discussed on 3CR before how Australia operates under this kind of coercive-based welfare system, which kind of punishes individuals for raising their hands for help. What do you think um, this stagnation around Start and the recent uh, voting down of it kind of shows to individuals who are reliant on the support to, like, youth in Australia?
14: Yeah, I, it's, well, yeah, so we come at this from, from a youth perspective, and, mm-hmm. and to us it's just an, another blow for young people living off um, New start is it's about thirty nine dollars a day, which um, you know sounds like a bit if you look at look at it in your hands. But once you're paying rent and food and public transport costs, um, it's a really isolating feeling to feel like you don't have enough money to to leave the house and to do the things that you want to do or to take the steps that you need to take towards getting further employment or completing your studies and um, the fact that this government has, has flat out said we're not going to do anything about it is devastating.
3: Absolutely, and the people who are on Start are sometimes, you know, uh, some of the most vulnerable people. The $39 really is absolutely essential, isn't it?
14: Yeah, it is, and it's, yes, yes, it is, and it, it, it's, it's, an, it's, sorry, yes, <laughs> it is, and it hasn't been raised in 24 years. Jordan Steele is absolutely right, and meanwhile, everything else has.
3: Absolutely, and one of the main arguments perpetrated by the opposition within this issue is that um, they don't just live on New Start alone. Uh, support goes up twice a year, and 99% of the people on New Start have other payments. Uh, those are all direct quotes from Scott Morrison. Uh, is this the reality? I mean, I think
14: it. I think it depends. Mm-hmm. So. Um yeah, some people will be on new start and other things, but lots of people won't. And to be honest, those other payments aren't particularly significant. Mm. Um, you might be getting some rent assistance. That that for me when I was on rent assistance was about forty dollars a month, which obviously that is not doesn't
1: even, pay for it's a
14: tiny percentage. Yeah,
3: yeah. Absolutely. And kind of with the recent kind of um with the recent reports coming out you know only three livable houses uh, for our youth and the fact that youth are being left in such a tenuous position as kind of prices skyrocket the cost of living skyrockets um, Where do we kind of see this going if it like it's just been voted down again do you think this means're we're, we're less likely to see it kind of come up? Yeah,
14: I think so and to be honest it was um, there was a lot of focus. Before the election, on whether Labor would make this change, mm. and um, and they were promising to do a review. And some of the some some Labor MPs were, were, were saying they were going to do the increase. Yeah. And um, I think there was a lot of focus on that, and not enough on the coalition because no one really believed the coalition would do it. Mm-hmm. That said, there is right wing support for this. Even John Howard has come out and said that it's bad for business to have the unemployment support wow. payments so low because. Mm. It's actually, it's a debilitating factor that stops you being able to move into work. If you can't support your own basic needs, you can't do the things you need to do, like get a, a nice set of clothing to go to a job interview, yeah. um, go out and and network with people. You, it's it's just, um, yeah, so even, even people on the conservative side of politics think that it's, it's time to do this, but I think there's a lot of work um Letting Morrison know, letting Prime Morrison know that, that this needs to
3: happen now. Absolutely. And now, Young is a, as, as you said, um, youth angle, but economic justice kind of organisation, an advocacy body. Now, if, in regards to New Start, you guys are calling for a uh, inc- emergency increase to New Start and youth allowance by seventy five dollars a week, plus twenty five dollars a week in rent assistance. Uh, what would this look like in, in significance or impact to the, the lives of youth?
14: So that would be, so that's the number, it's coming from a bunch of research from the Australian Social Services Council, which says $75 a week is enough to bring, um, thousands of people above the poverty line.
1: Mm-hmm.
14: Um, and, and for us it means, yeah, immediate assistance for people to be able to, to live something closer to, to their full lives and meeting their basic, basic needs. But actually when we, when we were, Yeah, when we were hitting the streets, talking to people and and getting them signing positions and calling their MPs about this, um, we heard that even that isn't really enough to solve the problem. So we actually ended up changing our ask that um, we think that we need a government that doesn't just have to increase it every now and then, which obviously would be a big improvement on every 24 years, but um, actually anchors it to to, um, something that's called the Henderson Poverty Line, Mm -hmm. which means that the support payments are always keeping you above above poverty
3: Absolutely and finally I'd just like to bring in another kind of major economic youth issue that's been going through recently um, in regards to the recent changes in hex repayments now just to catch everyone else up um, from now on anybody earning over $45,000 uh, a year will have to start repaying their student loans known as hex debts um, this is a significant drop from two years ago where the threshold was $56,000 or even last year where it was $52,000 now I've just started my university so hex repayments are a little far off for me but for people Finishing their degrees and going into work, what's going to be the impact
10: on them?
14: Yeah, so it basically means they're going to have to start paying back their degree before they have maybe finished it, or before they're in they're working in the field um, that they studied. Uh, I I think this is a, a real this is really bad news for for young people and 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 students of of, of all ages, um, because when you think about it. The Government should be and all of us should be asking why young people who've got degrees are not meeting the existing thresholds why aren 't people walking out with a university qualification able to find jobs that are paying fifty one mm. or fifty five thousand dollars a year It's because there isn't they're, they're not finding work or they're not being paid well enough or they're not finding full time work, which mm. is a massive problem and instead the government is punishing um, young people and students who maybe have found work in hospitality or retail, which if you're working full-time, may just tip you over that 45000 meaning you have to start paying back a degree you're not even using.
3: Yeah, and just contextualising that, $45,000 sounds like a huge amount, but that's the, the average salary of a year of someone doing like a dishwashing service. So it, it, it's, not a, it's, it, it's kind of jobs more so in a minimum wage sort of spectrum. Than, it, it's not like you're earning from the big end of town kind of thing
14: yeah absolutely. So the minimum full time wage is about thirty eight thousand mm-hmm. dollars a year which ah, okay, yep. if you're earning forty five thousand dollars a year you after tax it's only about thirty nine mm. so it's it's yeah, it's only just about the minimum wage, and it's 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 gonna hurt for people earning that money to have to start paying back their hex.
3: yeah um from reports I was reading, it's suspected to affect about one hundred and thirty six thousand people in Australia. So it's, that's, that's just right. a significant... And that's, that's our youth.
14: That's right. It's, it's a huge number of people. And it's also, I like to remind people at times like this um, that our Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, had three years of free university education um, but is still hiking, hiking up fees for today's young people.
3: That hurts, Kat. That really hurts. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, just to kind of get, before you go, just a little bit of a summary about YOUNG, um, just as an organisation... Uh, so you guys kind of came about, uh, how many years ago did you come about? Why, why did you come about and what are you busy doing? How can people get involved, I suppose? Ah,
14: great question. So <laughs> we came about basically because we identified um, a, a pattern with um, this government, but also broader broader patterns across society, um, pressing down on young people and particularly the... the um, Recent generations, so we we operate for people under under the age of 35 Mm -hmm. um, to fight back against the systems that are are making it really hard for young people to survive in this country. Um, We exist to build the power of young people to win campaigns for a fairer future. So we run trainings and mobilizations, and we've been campaigning um, for the um, youth youth allowance increase and against the hex debts. But we're increasingly working on more. Systemic issues, looking at the intersection of climate and economic justice, and um, really calling for bigger, bolder uh, policy and vision—that is what young people really want. So you can—we're um, always looking for volunteers, mm-hmm. um, um, particularly people under the age of 35. If you're young at heart, we'd love to connect with you and um, in, in other ways. And um, you can find us on Facebook at Young Campaigns or on our website at youngcampaigns.org.
3: Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Kat. Um, We'll definitely have those links in the description for listeners to view. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And just on on their website, if you are interested and angry about Newstart, you can contact MP Chris Bowen, calling him on nine six oh nine three eight seven three, and tell him how annoyed you are, uh, which is what I plan to do
6: sometime today.
4: (laughs) You're listening to 3CR.
6: G'day. My name is Margie Thorpe. You are listening to 3CR Community Radio 855 on your
11: dial. We appreciate like you mob and all the people coming and visit us and doing stuff like this. You know, it's very good. It yeah. keeps a positive mindset in our You're mind listening
3: now. to three C R. We're gonna quickly do our wrap up before we run out of time.
4: That's right, yeah, I was a bit um uh what do you call it? Trigger happy. Trigger happy with the uh <laughs> with the the Not conscious about time. I know, right? <laughs> we were talking about that at the beginning of the show. It's like a big circle. So because time is circular man Whoa. anyway um so it's it's been a good show i think we had some great conversation just now about new start and youth issues um earlier in the show we were speaking to the friends of King Lake Forest, is that right?
3: Yep, King Lake Forest, that's mm-hmm. absolutely right. We were
4: speaking to Karina and Sue. Um, if you want to head down to that protest, that's happening on Monday on the corner of Whittlesea, King Lake Road and Extons Road. Um, the protest is happening, do you remember what time? Two uh,
3: o'clock. Two o'clock. Two Two
4: o'clock, thirty, kind kind of. okay. Yeah. Uh, and then earlier in the show, we also heard from Alex Siddons, who is the producer-director of The Art of Incarceration. Uh, tickets are still available for the show on the 31st at Cinema Nova. Um, and that's part of the Melbourne Documentary Festival. Uh, this week, I am grateful for Lip Balm. I just dropped it on the ground, so it's in the corner, and I'm going to have to reach under the table to get it, but, like, it's just so cold and dry, Mm. and it's so good. Just, like, I feel like a human being with soft, beautiful lips. Yeah. How about you? What are you grateful for?
3: I am grateful. I actually am really grateful for Young. I'm really... Grateful for hearing uh, young leaders mm. come out and just say amazing stuff in a really articulate, succinct, and powerful way. Uh, mm. Her calls for bigger, bolder ideas is great. Mm. And someone summed it up really well this election. He said, well, are you going to vote for the party who likes hate speech or the party that's kind of platforming on hope? Mm. And I think, like, obviously it's not black and white. It's not divided like that. No. But I think it's a great distinction to make. Mm. There's a really strong narrative of hope out there. A lot of our youth leaders are bringing it in the Mm. face of amazing odds, and I'm very proud and happy to be a part of this generation that hopefully we'll see change come
8: about. It's so beautiful.
3: Um, I also just wanted to remind people who are interested in joining in uh, at the Northern Hospital in Epping today, there will be a kind of flash rally um, at 10 o'clock, and this is being hosted by Mums for Refugees. It's got a bunch of other people going on. In it, And that is to protest uh, the returning of Isabel, a 15-month-year-old child, um, to community detention after she was hospitalised, emergency hospitalisation, uh, for having the flu.
4: You're listening to Wednesday Breakfast. Stay tuned for Stick
1: Together.
0: Stick Together. Woo! 3CR relies on the support of ethical organisations to keep our vital community of voices on air. And we'd like to thank our breakfast supporters, the new international bookshop, NIBS, at Trades Hall. You can check them out at nibs.org.au. If you'd like more information on how your organisation can become a 3CR supporter, contact the station on 03 9419 8377.
6: You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.